everybody, this is John. And this is Jamie. And you're listening to the Boston University Podcast. All right, so today we have with us uh, Crystal from Foster's Future. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited. We've been trying to get her on uh, our show for a while now, and we were lucky enough she cleared her schedule. And uh, today we are going to go over a bunch of stuff about Foster's Future and how she got started. So let's go right into that. So how and when did Foster's Future get started? We are actually going into our sixth year now. We began shortly after Hurricane Sandy. I've always had a passion for animals, but never thought I had the time to volunteer. And after Sandy, um, we noticed that certain rescue groups were coming around offering food and supplies for those who were in need. Um, And I thought, you know, I can make the time. So once I got back on my feet, uh, I was able to volunteer with a local shelter and then from there uh went out on my own and started foster's future very cool now did you get any damage from sandy yeah 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 i got a lot of damage house damage everything yeah yeah lost everything but we rebuilt yeah stronger now absolutely so when you say we is there anybody else that's in foster's future with you or is it really just run by you there's a total of four of us as board members and then we have several volunteers who help out very nice. Yeah. Does everybody kind of have a job? Yeah. We all pitch in and do what we can to make it work. Nice. So how did you get your start in animal welfare? That was actually the beginning. Um, once I started volunteering with the shelter, I loved it. Went and volunteered with a couple more places and then started Foster's Future. And it's been busy, busy ever since. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes to animal welfare, is this something that you grew up with, just loving animals, or was it kind of something, you know, there's some some people that grow up and they love their animals and stuff like that, but they never really hit animals as a child, but is that is that your situation or the opposite? No, I always grew up with animals, loving animals, would actually sneak animals into the house. <laughs> You're one of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly with cats, though. Okay. Uh, we didn't have many dogs growing up. It's harder to sneak a dog in. Yeah, yeah. We had a garage that I would sometimes sneak some animals in there when my parents weren't home. And at one point, my mom and I had snuck a cat into a camper that we had Uh um, because my dad was like, enough with these animals. (laughs) (laughs) At least she was on your team. Yeah. What we didn't know is that my dad had um, lent the camper to our neighbors. Oh, no. So we had to quickly run out and get the cat out of the camper before they pulled out of the driveway with it. Oh, my God. Now, did he see the cat? Yeah. yeah. At that point, we had to let him know. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually was really funny. Yeah. Um, so walk us through a, a normal day of Foster's Future, you know, a day in the life. What is it? What does it really consist of? How is it ran? Well, there's typically no normal day for Foster's Future. Um, It could be anything from chasing down a stray dog, um, trying to find a home for a cat or a dog. Uh, Right now, we're preparing for our next fundraiser. So many of my nights are spent emailing businesses, trying to get donations, setting up for fundraisers and different events. So it's never the same thing every day. Okay. So when it comes to like chasing down a dog how does that work like what people just like reach out they're like hey we need you typically happens whenever i'm going somewhere important yeah there happens to be a stray dog in front Is that of me Murphy's law? yes <laughs> they're attracted to us yeah because it always yeah. happens to us too actually friday i was rushing and um just 
happened to come out of my street, and there's a stray dog standing there. You're kidding. So, yeah. Did you find where they belong? Did no. They have a home? Luckily, he jumped right in my car, though. Nice, friendly. Yeah. Is so, that the, like American Bulldog mix? Yeah. He's really handsome. Yeah. She he's posted gorgeous. him on Facebook. He's I didn't really see handsome. It. Yeah. For some reason, my Facebook gives me things four days ago. First. Mine's been doing that, too. Why? I do not know. So I'll say to him, I go, oh, look at this. He goes, I saw that four days ago. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, unfortunately, our area does have a lot. Now, for people that don't know and are listening in, we live in Keyport. And um, Crystal is in Keensburg, which is really, really close. And we do, for some reason, have a lot of stray dogs over here. Absolutely. You can look online every day and see. Yeah, like our um, resident pages. Right. Just flooded. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a dog running down, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just, it's it's a shame. And I wish that wasn't the case. So you actually, Foster's Future, you run on your off time. You also have a full-time job, too, that you balance. Which she I does find, it all. I find really impressive because it looks like a full-time operation. Like it looks like you're at the helm, you know, 24-7. So we definitely commend you for that. Thank you. Do you, do you want to talk about the fundraiser you have coming up in December? Sure. We have um, our second annual holiday brunch on December 7th at our house in Farmingdale. Wait, was last year the first year you did that? That was the first one. You're kidding. Okay, so last year we went to her event. I'm thinking she does this every year and it was flawless. Like it was so perfectly done. Like you didn't even miss a beat. And it was almost like everybody there knew what was going to happen next except us. So I was like, this is kind of like a show, like, yeah, like lunch in a movie. That's but, kind of why. Yeah. I and like, I was like, this, this is like so year. awesome. And then you just said second year and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, it's our second year. We do have a little experience though with the fundraisers as far as, uh, we did our fifth annual Freedom Ride. Yes, we were there for that. That um, yes. was fun. Which is also a um, gift auction fundraiser for Foster's Future. Now, how did that get started with all the, the motorcycles? Like, how did that come about? That was a fundraiser we did our first year. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, growing up, we always had motorcycles around. My dad was a rider, his friends. So I said, you know what, let's do fundraiser with motorcycles. And it turned out to be a good event. So then I said, hey, why not do it a second year mm-hmm. and a third year, you know? And now we're going into our sixth year. Yeah, so. that was a lot of fun. So the holiday one, um, it's pretty much the same thing. It's going to be a gift auction. Uh, we have some amazing prizes again this How year. How many do we have last year? We had like uh, over 100, Over 100, yeah. It's great. Like you guys ran out of tables. We did. I remember they put like a random <laughs> table like in the middle of the room and there was just like baskets everywhere. It was insane. I didn't know how well it was going to go being it was close to the holiday, but we had an amazing turnout. Absolutely. Uh, packed the room, so it was good. It was a good fundraiser for the animals. Now, that's, I can't remember because it was a year ago and my memory is shot, but is that an event you have to get a ticket for? Like, can you show up the day of? You have to purchase tickets in advance, so you can go to our Facebook page. You can either send a check or PayPal. Okay. So... You probably know this already, but October is Pitbull Awareness Month. Yay! So we're trying to feature at least this episode and the next two after this, we want to talk about pit bulls and kind of highlight them and why they're our favorite breed. No offense to the three dogs over here. (laughs) And uh, we have a hunch they're probably your favorite breed as well. Absolutely. Last night, John was like, wait, is that her favorite breed? And I was like, well, she has two of them. <laughs> so you wrote like, it down. So I, was like, I would assume. <laughs> You're assuming. Yes, Nothing I Nothing like pity love. I know. And you know what? Um, for the listeners out there, John and I do not have a pit currently. Um, I had a pit right before I met him. 
the pity love does not stop no matter what and our three dogs kind of fell into our laps so again breed doesn't matter but we do we love our pities we do have Zeus. That helps. Yes, Zeus is our nephew. He actually lives down the street. Um, he was adopted from the shelter almost almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, so handsome. Um, so how did you fall into the pity love with uh, your two, two lovers? Well, I'm a social worker by profession. So obviously I've always fought for the underdog. It's a lifestyle. Yes, definitely. And then obviously... Pitbulls, you know, they're so resilient. Everything that they've gone through, just to be able to be a part of that and see what they've been through and then to see how well they bounce back. And no matter how horrific it's been, they're always there with that pity smile, that wiggly butt. They're so forgiving. So forgiving. I don't even know where it comes from. Because, like, I feel like humans should try and and get that that trait. Exactly. Like, they're just like, I was just beat to a pulp by another human being, and you just picked me up the side of the road, and now I'm wagging and taking treats from you and kissing your face. Exactly. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why yeah. would you just, and not saying that every dog is like this, but for some reason, pities are, you just, they have like a difference in that trait. Like, they just kind of, okay, I'm starting fresh. Right. They have such a positive outlook, and it to me, it's just, it's so inspiring. So we had a dog, Galaze. She was at the shelter for four years. And I was saying that's like the only breed that can be in a shelter for four years and not break down. We talked about German Shepherds a lot last episode. They usually go a good two weeks and then they start getting crazy. They'll mm-hmm. just be spinning in their digs. You know, they can't handle the being it's confined and, you know, all the stress that's in the air in an animal shelter. And somehow... Pitbulls, they break down the least, and they're there the longest. Well, that's like we always say, Gatsby, my parents' dog, he's a he's a purebred black lab. We actually adopted him um, from somebody that couldn't take care of him anymore. And, you know, they were like, oh, do you want to take him? And my dad was like, oh, my God, I'm taking him now because he's not going to the shelter. He would have lost his mind in the shelter. Like, purebred dog, beautiful. Like, most people probably would have snatched him up. But on the off chance that he stayed there for a while, he would have lost it. And even just coming to my house was a harder um, adjustment for him. And you, like, think about that. But, like, pits, they are resilient when it comes to that. They just, whatever you throw at them, they're like, all right, this is what this is my, my situation now. So the other thing we did in our last episode was we asked people to tell us some of their stories about their pit bulls. Um, so we're going to read a couple from Facebook. We'll start with Ariel, who said, I was told by everyone when I got Dot that she would be too much for me. She'll bite me, all the worst things, etc. But she's an angel, and thanks to Jamie, I am confident in her behavior and our communication. So I like that she uses communication. Because like, that's uh, the number one thing that I train. That's what it is, is that she has a line of communication with her dog. And, and the, the bigger bond you have, it's like you could just look at them and you just communicate. And you know what they're thinking and if they're uncomfortable with a situation. And I, I like that she used that word. I do too, because I think, well, I guess that's the reason why I do it is because I find that when you have that relationship with your dog, that mutual respect, not like, oh, you're my dog, do what I say type of relationship, but like, I love you, you love me, like, let's respect each other. There's just like, your dog's waiting for you to tell them what to do. Like, they don't want to mess up. So they're like, okay, wh- what are we doing now? And I see with Ariel and Dot, like, how over time, you know, Dot's young. Like, she's probably only a year and a half, and she already looks like she had a litter of puppies, and she's so tiny. She's, like, 
this little tiny thing. In the beginning, like Dot was just all over the place. She had so much energy and just couldn't focus. But we, you know, we calmed her down with commands and we really just worked on communication with her of like, okay, what, do, what does she need to know right now? What, what is she confused about? And um, portraying to her exactly what Ariel wanted. Now they have this, this crazy bond. They can go anywhere. Like she takes her on these hikes. They go, they go away. And like, she just understands what Ariel wants from her. And then she doesn't mess up. She doesn't get in trouble because she understands what's expected of her. I think that's like one of the biggest things. And I, and I do think as humans, we don't give our dogs enough credit. We don't take the time like, and say, Okay, let's see if they can understand what I want. Give them a second. Give them some patience. Don't just keep yelling commands at them. I always tell my clients, don't talk so much. Just give one command and wait. Let the wheels turn. Let them understand. Okay, they need something from me. What is it? What do they want? A lot of people throw filler words in. Um, you know, nobody likes that. Don't do that. Come over here. Can you sit for me? Lose the filler words. Um, and just be short and sweet and be positive And they will do what you want. So I'm really glad that she saw that. Um, we have another one that's written out by one of our other amazing clients. It's a it's a combo Facebook group. It's it's Kate and Mike. Um, their their Facebook page is a combo. So uh, Mike said, first, let me thank you guys for doing this. Secondly, it makes me so angry how people see pits. This is the most loyal breed out there. If pits are trained and taught properly, they will do anything for their owners. The problem with pits are the people who get them and aren't educated on how to handle the breed. A pit needs to know who is boss. A pit needs guidance and exercise. My pit before Flora, Buka, was a very large dog, very powerful. Flora is small but stronger than Buka. You have to keep them in safe situations. You cannot not socialize the breed one day and then one day be like, let's go to the dog park. Bad decision. I wish people would get educated, meet a pit, and get to know how loving, devoted, and amazing they are. Sorry for the long comment. It's a passion for me. FYI, possum rocks at taking care of my pit. <laughs> and a cute little picture of Flora that Miranda took because she is like next level with her dog photography. I love hearing from them. They did get Flora as a puppy, um, but she was not easy and that's okay. So we're not saying like, oh, you're going to get a pit and it's going to be a dream. You're not going to get any dog and it's going to be a dream. If you do, you're very lucky. Um... But, you know, Flora took work. She needed training. She needed exercise. And that was not, that's not something that everybody's always used to. So if you're just getting a dog for the first time and you're, you know, you're getting this rambunctious puppy, that's something to be aware of beforehand. So you're not frustrated and getting upset. You know, you, you need to, you know, raise your expectations when it comes to that. Uh, the next comment we have on Facebook is from one of our other clients. Linda has Opie. Now, people who are SPCA lovers out there that are listening, Opie was also at the shelter during the time that Alizé was there, um, he was there for about a year and a half. I'm going to be honest, I did not think this dog was leaving the shelter. I did not. I, I He was so, he was just so stressed out and grumpy and he just wanted to be left alone. He, I mean, I think an older man had him and either like passed away or something. Yeah, it was, it, he had a really good bond with his previous owner. So he was like, he was upset. You know, it's not like someone like beat him and then just left him like he had love and then lost it like he was just like a disgruntled teenager that his girlfriend just broke up with him and he was not having it um so we really didn't I didn't think he was leaving the shelter and then one day uh this beautiful couple came in and was like heard all of his issues and was like okay we'll take him and everybody was like okay <laughs> and then six months later Linda was pregnant and we were like oh he's coming back I know it he's coming back and he didn't 
they had Erica, and that is Opie's best friend. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what uh, Linda said. Opie is definitely one of a kind. I remember the day my mom burst into tears when I told her I was bringing a pit bull home. He was going to eat her. <laughs> and then we found out I was pregnant. I was like, oh, crap. How can we make this work? Somehow we did. Opie may be a little bit more challenging than we realized, but he's such a good boy, and he's Erica's best friend. Pitbulls are the best. She actually sent me a video the other day of her trying to put Erica down for a nap and Opie was in the room and apparently he's terrified of her lamp and he was like going up and like booping the lamp and running away and come like you're so pathetic like you're this big pit bull and you're supposed to be scary and um you're booping a lamp I remember that video where he's <laughs> it's like, adorable he's, like messing he's with scared the wire, of the lamp <laughs> seeing what's gonna happen um so that is one that I really love because Opie was such a success story um, I always had a feeling that Alizé was going to get out because um, even well, though she wasn't... When they last three years and there's yeah. no sign of breaking down, you know that she's just... And she's Opie set was, up camp. She's yeah. ready. Opie was a little bit different. He was definitely more disgruntled. He was younger. Um, you know, I just feel like the situation was different. And um, when he left, I mean, everybody... I'm not joking. Everybody thought he was coming back. And he didn't because they do everything for him i've actually talked about opie before he's the one um in it, it was a few episodes ago we discussed that he really doesn't like walking at all hates it like wants nothing more to go than to go back to the house good day bad day doesn't matter he does not want to leave the driveway now this is a dog in the shelter that lived for his walks so i don't know if now that he has this loving family he's like hell no i'm not leaving <laughs> So that's been a, and they want to get him exercise because he tore both his ACLs and needed surgery. So he gained a little bit of weight and he's a little couch potato. So getting him exercise has been so tough. So for a few months we were trying to walk, trying to walk. And you know what? I'm like the type of trainer that's like, we're going to try all these different things, but whatever doesn't work, doesn't work. And that's okay. You know, we're not going to keep pushing. I don't want to stress him out. So I said, no, no more walks. We are going to exercise him in the house the best we can. We took low-calorie treats. Um, when Miranda goes there to take care of him, she literally sits on the floor, throws a treat down this hallway, throws a treat down that hallway, and he's just running all over the house. Like, she, he works up sweat. He's panting. And that's get, that gets him his exercise. It gets him his mental exercise, which is very important for them because they do have a young child, and it's not so easy to give all your attention to your dog when your kid is screaming for you. So this has helped him. And um, I just think as owners, if you're out there and you have a dog that's struggling with something, change up your routine. Think of something different. Look for more mental exercise. Um, and don't push your dogs in the situation that they don't want to be pushed in. I might actually be late to the party here, but I'm just realizing that we know each other because of a pit bull. Oh, yeah. Let's, we can tell everybody the reason how we know each other to begin with. Um, I actually got in touch with you through someone from the SPCA because you were having an issue with Bane. You needed a trainer for Bane, um, which I think is one of the best success stories for Foster's Future. Absolutely. Bane was amazing. He's so well known. Like, people know him. Like, he's like on a first name basis. He's one of those um, celebrities that you can just say by first name and everybody knows who we're talking about. Um, so Crystal reached out to me and, and, you know, I never met her before. I never even heard of Foster Future. So I was like, oh, this sounds fun. I'm in it. I'm, I'm doing it. And, uh, you know, we went to this woman's house and she was looking to rehome him because of his behavior. And I mean, he wasn't neutered. He had no training. Their schedules were insane. They worked for the bus company. So like she was graveyard shift and her dad was like a different, it was like, he didn't have a shot, you know? Um, so we did a little bit of training, help there, and it wound up not working out. And and what how, what was the 
How did that work out? He eventually went to an amazing rescue, um, volunteer auxiliary for animal shelters down in Jackson. And they found an awesome home for him. Two kids, right? Uh, One kid. One kid. The little boy is in love with him. The whole family is in love with him. Well, Bane is like the perfect dog. He's got the greatest personality. Absolutely. He goes everywhere with them. They go to auctions together. I recently got to see him. Did you? Yeah. When the family went on vacation, they had uh, boarded him at Volux. Nice. And uh, just amazing. He's so well-behaved, such an amazing dog. And it's great to see where he came from Mm -hmm. to where he is now. Yeah. They have so much love for him. I mean, he was through the ringer. I mean, he got passed around a lot. When they called me um, from the shelter to say that they had found him as a stray, I could only trace back to six families that he had been in in the last month and a half. There was definitely more. I just couldn't locate them. We are so lucky that everybody that did get him kept passing him around and didn't get him to dog fighting. I'm so thankful that they didn't have the patience to yeah. to stick it out and they just passed him on to someone where he was safe. Yeah. Um, you know, that could have been so bad. So dangerous. The the last place I could track him was uh, a post on Craigslist. So Terrifying. We know how bad that oh, I just got been. chills. Ugh, poor boy. But look at him now. Rags to riches. So would you say that's your that's your favorite pity story or do you have any other ones? I think any pity that gets a home and is out of the shelter is uh, an amazing rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. Not that the shelters are bad, but you want to see a, a pit bull in a home. In a home. How's Pecan doing? Pecan's doing amazing. She got adopted? She did. She got adopted um, through Save. Okay. A friend for homeless animals. Um, and who's Pecan? Pecan was a dog that was on the side of the road. Uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, uh, hey, I need your help. Um, did you have somewhere important to go? I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, how can I not? So I went to South Brunswick and I pull up to a dump. There's garbage and mattresses and everything you could imagine just mm-hmm. laying there. And here was this scared little pit bull popping her head up out of the, the bushes so three hours later, we were able to capture her. Exhausting. <laughs> Exhausting. Um, I still can't believe how we caught her. Uh, it was through a fence with a leash and a tree. <laughs> yep. But That's we, how it always is. It's always like <laughs> the weirdest little situation of how you catch them. Yeah, but we were able to uh, capture her. Her first couple days in the shelter, she was scared. She didn't want to be around anyone, didn't really eat. Um, I went to visit her. She wouldn't really pick her head up. Um, but then they got her out in the yard and she was a totally different dog running around. She just needed to know she was safe. Yeah. And she had something horrible on her fur, right? She did. Um, her previous owners, uh, besides breeding her repeatedly, um, someone had carved a derogatory word into the side of her. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Well, I'm glad you guys found her. I mean, she's cute as a button. She's adorable. She's adorable. How anybody could do something so mean, I will never understand. And I I still, like, every single time something happens, I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Um, We did talk 
last episode about um, educational and, you know, John had asked me, like, what can we do to help, you know, in terms of pits in general, not just, you know, animal welfare, but like, how do we change the the stigma of this, this dog breed? And I was talking a lot about going to the schools and putting on programs and stuff like that. Um, do you have any ideas? You have to start young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting into the schools, getting into youth programs, mm-hmm. teaching compassion, teaching, you know, being friendly to animals. You don't necessarily have to have an animal or want an animal. You just don't have to abuse the animal. Yeah. Well, I think it's with people, too. You don't always have to like everybody, but... You- don't be mean. Exactly. You know, respect should be mutual between all creatures. Exactly. So the more we can do in schools, in youth programs, in outreaches, anything that will get kids to learn compassion and understanding for animals, mm-hmm. learn to communicate with animals, you know, it's it starts young. It does. It absolutely does. So could you tell me a little bit more about Volox? I know that you had said you recently took a position on their board. Tell us more about that. I did. I'm so excited that about so that. so exciting. <laughs> Volox is an amazing rescue out of Jackson. Um, stands for the Volunteer Auxiliary for Animal Shelters. Cute name. I like that. Yeah. It's classy. They are an amazing group of people who really put their hearts into what they do. You want every rescue to have the same values but they really stand behind what they do um they will see an animal to the end they will take an animal back if need be um they even have animals who come back for boarding when their families go away on vacation which i think is very nice yes yes and like i said they're just an amazing group of people with so much compassion that i'm just proud to be on their board that's awesome so how is their organization, like, um, in terms of, like, size and, like, what do they need? Like, how can people help? They have a very large following. Um, they work closely with the Jackson Animal Shelter. So a lot of their dogs come from there. Um, they pull and put into foster or um, at the kennel. And just, you know, going out and walking the dogs makes a huge difference in a dog's life when they're sitting in the shelter all day. So, you know, we always need volunteers to walk dogs, volunteers to come out to outreaches, to handle the dogs, to show the dogs. Um, now, outreaches is one of the probably the biggest things you guys do, right? That's yeah. constant? Yes. Okay. Yes. You can always see them at PetSmart. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an amazing adoption bus. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah. I Wait, I think I think John told me I about told this. About it's it, like, yeah. gla- it's, it looks like. Almost not like a puppy store. I don't want to sound bad, but like, like you have the glass and and all these dogs. You can see them from yeah. inside the bus. I think that's awesome. It's probably way better for them than being in a, in a truck not being able to see anything. So right. they can at least see out and understand what's going on. I think that's really nice for people looking to adopt and the dogs in general because it's a little bit less anxiety ridden. Right. Right. But they load them on that bus and they bring them to all the different outreaches. That's awesome. It's great. It's amazing Very cool. the work they do. So for volunteers, if somebody wanted to get involved, um, do they have to go to like an orientation and classes and stuff like that? There's a link on their website that you can um, sign up for. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what it is that you want to do, they'll let you know. You what know, it takes to get there. Right. Very cool. So if anyone's interested in more information about Volox, you could head over to voloxrescuenj.org. That's V-O-L-A-U-X-R-E-S-C-U-E-N-J.org. So back to Foster's Future. Um, 
how can, if listeners want to get involved and help you out, like what is the number one thing that you need from people and like how can people help? Well, we always need volunteers to help us out with our events, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's setting up the events, breaking down the events, um, getting products donated for our gift auction. That's big. And that takes time. Like that's not a small, like you have to like really be into it. You can't just be like, oh, I have this day. Let me just email a bunch of people and then never answer them again. Like that's something that you have to really devote your time to. And I think that's very important. Yeah, it's usually um, the week after our freedom ride, I start for our holiday brunch. And then the week after our holiday brunch, I start up again for our freedom ride. You waste no time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other events in there other than those two? I know you scatter in like, like vending. Yeah. Like, um, like what we have coming up. Yeah, like we have 27th. our, um, our Halloween trunk or treat. And I know you guys will probably send somebody over for that to get the word out there. Yeah. We try to hit as many vending events as we can. Um, it's been a little busy this year, mm-hmm. so we haven't hit as many as we would like to, yeah. but, um, in between that we're saving dogs. So yeah. doing, doing the actual work. Right. Yeah. No, it, it gets, it gets tiring. For you, how do you find the balance between your full-time job and this? I'm sure, like, this is how I would be, because I know this is how I was when I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. All I wanted to do was do what I'm doing now and just trying to get through the day of all the other work. Is that, like, similar for you, just trying to get home? Yeah. I mean, I love my job, Mm -hmm. but I love rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a volunteer, though, so it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. Which is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you just, I mean, you have to find a way to handle your personal life, handle rescue life, and then take time to balance it all out. Because this is, it's an exhausting business. Um, It's a very emotional business. Some days you're at your highest high and other days you're at your lowest low thinking, you know, how am I going to make it through this? I I have to find a home for this dog or, you know, so it's emotional. It is. It absolutely is. But I think it definitely takes um, a special kind of person to do what you do. Well, we have so many wonderful supporters. Um, We can't do it without them. You know, um, we have amazing friends like you guys at Boston University who have helped us tremendously. I just think it's funny how we really just met through Bain and that could have been it. Right. You know, like it was, you know, after he kind of left that one house, he was kind of like a free agent. Yeah. But we we love what you do and we love you as a person and we think what you're doing is amazing and just it was a friendship that needed to happen. Absolutely. Bane just got us there. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners about, you know, what you do and anything about your fundraiser coming up? No, just check us out on Facebook at Foster's Future. We're also on Instagram um, and our website. Um, like I said, we run strictly off of donations, so... Whatever you can do to help, we appreciate it. And we thank everyone who has supported us so far. And Crystal and I are both wearing our Save Them All hoodies that support Foster's Future. We were selling them on uh, the possum.shop and all the proceeds went to Crystal and Foster's Future. I'm thinking in November, I'm going to try and do another design, something a little bit different. And uh, Could you do something maybe Christmas related, like uh, like holiday related, like in maybe. terms of... I got to get creative. I got to sit in front of the computer and, and figure something out. But hopefully in November, I'll announce it on the podcast, and it'll be on our Facebook page as well. And uh, if you didn't get your chance this time, 
don't miss your chance next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that is all we have for today. Um, Crystal, thank you so much for coming and rearranging your schedule on a Tuesday to come and hang out with us and chat about all of this uh, pity goodness. Um, we love Pitbull Awareness Month and we're really excited to be doing um, these four segments of, you know, Pitbull Awareness. And, you know, when we were talking about it, we were like, all right, who who do we want to talk to about this? And I, like, you were the first person that came to my mind because, yeah. like, you are just the prime example of someone that needs to be doing what you're doing. And you're, you're definitely, you're, you're right where you should be. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. And where can our listeners find you? We are at Foster's Future on Facebook at Foster's Future on Instagram. And we have a nice new website courtesy (laughs) of you. (laughs) John likes to do websites in his spare time. It's true. (laughs) At fostersfuture.org. Perfect. Awesome. So that's all we have for today. Until next time. Class dismissed.